Nice shirt, Roy. Uh, thank you, bro. My goodness. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Ben. That was cool. Roy's still playing. He's, this will be a uh, like poetry with with music. I guess that's what a song is, isn't it? Yeah, I should know that. Uh, well, good morning to you guys. Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, thanks for being here on this Fourth of July weekend. A little bit of a different day, and uh, it's fun to meet out in the lawn. What a beautiful morning, huh? Um, if it's your first time at Highlands, I uh, hope you feel at home. And uh, yeah, just play what you want, Roy. It's fine. Let's uh, let's mute that. Um, <laughs> just kidding, man. He knows I'm just kidding. I, I sometimes I have to remember that I had to throw jokes out there, but not everybody's had a chance to really get to know me and trust me before I just say these dumb things. But Roy loves me. Roy loves me. We're good. Uh, so, so typically, I'm up, up here uh, leading worship, and uh, it's a great chance for me to come and talk this morning about um, just get to preach. I don't normally get to do that, and uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, if you're worried about um, how long I'm going to teach this morning, uh, don't worry about it. Um, worship pastor is teaching, so it's going to be shorter. And um, I have the spiritual gift of potlucking, and so... If anybody's going to get hungry here and have a problem, it'll be me. And so I don't want that to happen to you all. Um, and also, when I preach, I have a few rules for myself. Um, first, I don't like to talk a whole lot about myself. I know sometimes stories are helpful. Um, I don't like to talk too much about, uh, I don't want to talk too much about the past. I don't want to talk too much about the last church I was at. You don't want to hear about that. Um, um, try not to cuss, stuff like that. Um, and so two of those rules I'm going to break, and this morning, you'll get to see which ones. So I thought maybe that would hold your attention a little bit. Um, so I thought about what topic I might talk about uh, this morning, and, uh, and a topic came to mind that's been a big deal in my life the last couple of years, um, very important to me to grow through, and I thought very appropriate for the season this church is in, and that's the topic of comfort. And it's going to be a different sort of message because I'm also doing another thing that I've never done before, and that's take an old message and dust it off and uh, rehash it and use it again. Uh, that's a big privilege that uh, pastors get when they have enough of them built up is they can get asked to preach somewhere, and they just go, I'll just dust this baby off. And, um, but it turns out it was really good for me to go through that uh, message again. Uh, because I preached it just a year and a half ago, and it was amazing to see just in that short time how my own perspective on what I preached changed in a year and a half. And it also is, here's one of the rules I'm breaking, it is the last message that I preached at the last church we were in. And a lot of things just seem to be pertinent to where we are uh, today. Um, so when I preach this message there... That particular church, we'd been there for 10, 11 years, and I knew that they were about to go into a really big planned time of transition. Um, and I thought what I was doing was leaving that and coming to a church near home in California that was not in transition. <laughs> and I was going to hit the ground running, you know, with, with Sean and Katie and Kevin and Jill and all these people. And um, and uh, 
and at the same time, about six months before the point where I made this decision, I had realized this kind of feeling of satisfaction and, and comfortableness and um, a completeness about what God had called us to do in those 11 years in uh, Minnesota. Um, frankly, uh, everything was going really well there, really comfortable, built a nice team, had a lot of backup, um, great direction, great staff. And uh, at the same time, uh, God had put it heavy on my heart, the desire to just want to come home, um, because this is home for me. I grew up in Los Osos, and so I'd been away for a little while, and I just was like, I just want to go home. And at the same time, I had this feeling, too, that it wasn't something I needed to pursue, that it was something that I just needed to kind of leave alone, and so that if it was going to happen, that I would just, I would just let God kind of drop it in my lap and not pursue it. You know, I wasn't there on sermon.net, like, looking for jobs. Um, I was just, I just knew I was supposed to just sit and be faithful to where I was and just wait, because otherwise, how was I to know that it was the right thing? And so, a couple of months later, I get this random phone call from a friend I, I grew up with in Los Osos, and I hadn't talked to her in like 12 or 13 years, because she's someone else's wife, and I'm married, so I just didn't, I didn't keep in touch, I don't care, I didn't care what she was up to. Um, but she says to me, it's a, it's a middle of winter, it's like 20 30 below zero, and she calls and she says, hey, I don't know if you're interested, but my husband's sister's sister-in-law works for a church in Paso Robles, and I don't know if you have any desire to go home, but I just wanted to throw this your way and just see if you might be interested. Well, that relation to my friend Crystal was Katie Griffin, so it's, so, so she's related to Katie Griffin by like four links that probably doesn't really count as related um but i, I got uh, sean's cell phone number and we started talking and the rest is history you know we visited tosh and i felt called to be with you guys and and for the future of this church and i was just so ready to leave the transition that was ahead and just go let's go you know like yes i'm gonna hit the ground here let's go um get out of this transition um and so so we get here uh june of last year and uh whoa <laughs> two months and our lead pastor leaves and we're in the middle of a transition um not what i expected i'll admit and and in some ways the first few months they were kind of tough for us um uh and uh it was you know all the way down to finding places to live like it just was tough it was a tough transition it was not comfortable and it became clear really quickly to us that god brought us here to help build something, not come here to cruise with something. Instead of just joining a team and going like, let's go, it was like this transition of building and rebuilding and excitement. And it's okay. I'm actually, I feel like I'm better suited for that anyway. Um, I love what God is doing here right now. We're just, I'm so glad we are here. But times of transition are uncomfortable. And you're thinking, Ben, why do you have to bring all this up? Why do you have to talk about the fact that we're in some sort of transition? Um, well, because we are. And that's just the truth of it. Um, transitions are uncomfortable. Uh, and like it or not, that's what we're in right now. We're in a huge time of transition and a huge time of opportunity. You know, in the last year and a half, new worship leader, that was me, um, Kevin, new youth uh, pastor. Um, we've got a new lead pastor on the way. And so because of all those things, I thought, you know, I'm just going to run right for it and just dump out the can of worms and uh, talk about comfort and transition. And so what is comfort? According to the dictionary, it's a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. 
Now, can a positive thing like comfort be bad? Can it be bad? You might say, what do you mean bad comfort? Well, it's not exactly that. Actually, what I'm talking about with comfort is, isn't so much good or bad comfort. It's a question of comfort that lasts versus comfort that fades. Anybody ever, raise your hand if you ever bought a waterbed. Oh my goodness. I didn't expect that response. That's pretty good. Um, I was a kid. I was a kid when waterbeds uh, came out. Coincidence? I don't know. Um, but don't read too much into that. But when waterbeds came out, they were the biggest hype. Everybody wanted a waterbed. And then within a couple of months, suddenly tons of waterbeds were for sale in like new condition in the classifieds. And the reason was, when you tried them out in the store, they felt great. They were so coddling and comfortable. And then you slept on it for a night, and then a week, and then a couple months, and then you found out every single weak and sore spot in your back, and you sold it. Anybody who raised your hand still have the waterbed? Nobody. You wish you did, yeah. And you know, and I bet they've gotten better now. They're probably better, a little bit more support. Um, but there's no support in it. How could you hate something that you just were so excited about just a few days earlier? You know, it really shouldn't have been called a waterbed. It probably should have been called a passive-aggressive bed. Because the truth is it feels really, really good at first, but it never really supported you. That was a joke. So, so what is comfort? How do, we, how do we as a church find comfort in this time of, of transition? That's the question for us. And I've got four points like any good pastor, to help us out. Four points to help us understand comfort. Number one is, is this on your, on, your, um, on your bully. And that's some comfort fades. If you look at the way things are marketed, nearly everything in life says that it's going to make your life easier. It seems to be the big goal for us, especially in America. Um, it's why we want peanut butter and jelly in the same jar. You know, it's, it's why we have coffee machines with timers that start everything before we wake up. So we can just go and get the coffee. Um, it's why when I see my, my three-year-old son eating crackers on my side of the bed, I gently pick him up and I put him on Tasha's side of the bed. <laughs> Comfort isn't evil. It's not like it's God's will for us to be in a constant state of, of pain and suffering. We all know it's okay to relax. Clearly, we're having church on the lawn. Um, but there's a part of us that sometimes feels guilty about those comfort comforts and and why is that and i think it's because we sometimes confuse temporary comfort with lasting comfort and we know we're doing it we know we're picking something easy versus something that lasts and we feel bad about it because we know we're kind of cheating ourselves. true comfort and the comfort we think we want sometimes confuse us uh, those temporary comforts they're a blessing there's no doubt about it but they're only a taste of true comfort and if that's all you've got that's all you have Temporary comfort eases temporary pain, but it solves nothing. Some comfort fades, which brings me to my next point, and that's number two, that some comfort lasts. Some comfort lasts. The difference between comfort that comes directly from God and comfort from a box of donuts is how long it lasts. Now, God is okay with Donuts, especially DK Donuts. Sorry, Cider Creek. I just realized I just... Cider Creek has good donuts, too. 
But God wants to give us the best that he has. And that's his lasting comfort. You know, God's comfort for us is lasting because the way comfort works is that it, it lasts as long as the source. And, and more than just that, um, it, it's a glimpse of eternity, not a glimpse of earth. So we're, we're seeking comfort that really lasts. We're, we're talking about things of heaven. We're talking about comfort that doesn't really last. It's probably something of earth that's going to fade. And even bigger than that, when a church gets good at knowing his comfort, we start being able to introduce others to it. When a church pursues lasting comfort versus temporary comfort, we stand out. And instead of doing just temporary things, we do lasting things that make lasting impact. Uh, this is the key verse for today, and it's Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, and it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God's given us. So, so God gives us this lasting comfort so that we can give others a lasting comfort. Comfort lasts as long as the source. Donuts, how long does a box of donuts last? Well, in my house, it's whoever gets up first. Comfort from God, how long has God been around? Long time. Some comfort lasts. Uh, number three, some comfort costs. Now, that may sound like a weird point, but the truth is it would be unfair and unloving to skip it. Some comfort costs. The kind of comfort that God offers, it, it's lasting. Oh, oh that's my guitar. Do, do I pick it up? or? I guess if I don't, it'll be even more awkward, huh? Okay. That's true. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Uh, it's okay. I saw it going and I didn't do anything about it. I was too comfortable standing here. And I just let it go. So the kind of comfort that God offers us is uncomfortable sometimes because it comes with a cost. Because when we completely cling to God, when we completely cling to Jesus, guess what? We start experiencing some of the same things that he did. We start going through some of the same trials that he did. And the truth is, sometimes God even sends us into situations where we find our comfort in nothing but him. He'll send us into the wilderness sometimes. And if we don't find just our comfort in him, we'll fail. And so as we live like God asks us to, sometimes it means we suffer some of the same things that Jesus went through. There's your little pretty Bible promise for today. Uh, <laughs> uh, because that's the truth. Jesus says, in this life you'll have trouble. It's unloving to not say that. It's true. He said, but I'll be with you. He doesn't say, I won't be with you and you'll have no trouble. He says, you will have trouble and I'll be with you. Totally different. A friend of mine called me uh, maybe a month ago who is now going to be going into a time of transition like I just uh, kind of got through and, and, and he said to me, he said, how did you kind of keep your spirits up? What did you tell yourself when you knew that God called you to move to California but all these things started falling apart like our, our house didn't sell? Our, our, what do you, how did you get through that? And I said, honestly, I'm still getting through it. I'm, having a hard, I'm still having a hard time with it because it's, it's human nature to have a hard time with it. But I told him the one thing that I learned was that, I'm going to read this so I don't get it wrong, we seem to be totally fine with the cost of following Christ until it becomes literal. 
We seem to be totally fine with, call, with following Christ until the cost becomes literal. If you want the comfort that God gives, sometimes it comes with a cost. Sometimes you have both in your life, but you can always have the one. And that's the thing that I've been learning. Sometimes you get the temporary comfort and God, and sometimes you get both. Some comfort costs, and if I have to choose one or the other, I'll take that one. I'll take the costly one. Number four, some comfort frees. How can comfort free us? Well, when we're seeking after God, when we're following what he wants us to do, when our comfort comes from him, amazing things happen because we start to get a glimpse of what true freedom is all about. At that point, we're seeking our comfort from him. It's not about us. It's, it's about us finding our worth in, in him, and, and suddenly we're free to follow. We're not worried about what everybody else is saying. Philippians 2.3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, that's not a very comfortable way to live, is it? You can't put others first in your life if your comfort is not from God. When your comfort comes from God, you're no longer afraid to do what he asks you to do. You know, you'll stand up for him because your comfort doesn't come from people's affirmation. You'll stand up for others because your comfort comes from God, not from the, the loud crowd majority. Um, you'll invite people to church in a transition because you trust God with the results, not the smoking hot worship leader. Tasha just rolled her eyes, and, and I, she has sunglasses on. I just know she did. But that's true, because it's God that's at work here. Leaders come and go. When we seek our comfort in God alone, it frees us to live in a way where people see him more clearly. It's is. God may be asking you to lean on him instead of running to that cheap comfort today? Is it, is it, are you afraid to let go of that temporary comfort? Because that's easy to grab. But when we find our comfort in God and not all these other things, others get a chance to see it too. And they have a chance to find that, that comfort that frees and saves um, I want to I just read you the last part of that sermon um, from my last sermon at Minnesota where I announced we were leaving because it was good for me to read through this. And a lot of you don't kind of know the full story of how we got here. Um, but I'm gonna just, I just read through it and I was like, wow, that's still, it's still pertinent today, especially for where we're at. So this is what I, so, this is what I told them when I said we're leaving. I said, frankly... There are some logistical details that are really not making sense right now. In fact, a lot of them made sense last week when I made my decision. And since then, a lot of those comfortable details have fallen apart. God's been saying, do you trust me? And also some of you who I care a lot about don't want me to leave or don't think I should or don't understand it. And it makes even less sense to you. But Natasha and I know God's calling us. So naturally, when the opportunity in California came up, we uh, did what most people do. We made a pros and cons list. We haven't looked at that list for a while now because the last time we looked at it, I realized that everything I was worried about was either about comfort or fear, about money, about my house, about where we're going to live. And I had this moment where I looked at Tasha 
and I just about screamed out, I do not want to make my decisions to follow God this way. That's not what I want to teach my kids. That's not how I want to follow God. And I ended with this statement. It's just as true for Highlands Day as it was for them. And it says this. This church does not exist in the way it does because we've made decisions based on what's safe, based on what seems most logical to our peers. And many of you may not have found Christ in this room if the people before you in this church preferred comfort over the gospel. Fear, money, comfort, they're misleading. They don't put Christ in the number one spot. So follow God's comfort and not cheap comfort. That was my challenge for them, and I think it's true for us too. A lot of you are here because people at Highlands Church for the last decade put their comfort aside and their preference aside to reach you. And now we get to do the same thing and reach the next. Is comfort bad? No. It's not, unless it gets in the way of following what God wants you to do. And, and the sad thing is that when we do that, the biggest person we rob is ourselves. We rob from those who might someday walk through those doors right there. So I, I want to end with this. Now, I know Highlands has an awesome history. You guys have done amazing things because people chose to follow God over their comforts and maybe I'm just ornery when I'm saying this but I'm stubborn enough to think that he's able to do even more and bigger things in the future than he did in the past right now I really believe what God is doing in this church right now is he's setting up a foundation for the future and those of you who are here who have, who have stuck with us in this transition you are the ones he's building that through if you've stuck with us in this transition I want to say thank you because I know things can be different but it's not always comfortable so thank you for sticking in there um, here's the thing we trust that God can build something even better and bigger than it was because sometimes following God is like it's like driving a car okay there's a reason your your front windshield is this big and your rear view mirror is this big and so for us to not follow into the lie that things will never get back to whatever we've got in our head it's it's really tempting to do that so be ornery enough to think that God can do even bigger things than we've seen here before. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Find your comfort in that. Sometimes in life you're going to get both types of comfort. Sometimes you're going to be feeling close to God and you will be on a jet ski with a donut. Sometimes... Sometimes life's going to be like that, but you can, you can always have the one. You can always have the one, and that's my challenge for you. Because some comfort fades, some comfort lasts, some comfort costs, but some comfort frees us. All right. I'm going to pray. We are going to sing a song, and then we are going to potluck. Does that sound fun to you guys?
Awesome. Thanks for letting me share with you a little bit today. Let me pray. God, we thank you for today as we celebrate freedom, as we celebrate independence. And God, at the same time, we realize that both of those things are just worthless without you. So we celebrate today not our independence from you, but our dependence on you, especially in times of transition, especially in uncomfortable times. God, give us the courage to follow you. Give us enough of that attitude to believe that, of course, you can do bigger things than we've seen. Of course you can. So God, make us bold in in believing that. God, help us to look through that front windshield and not be so tempted by the rearview mirror. God, that we might follow you and that you might take those of us who are here and you would build something amazing and beautiful and you would reach this town. So God, we pray that you would do that through us and God, we give you the permission to bring us out of the comfortable in order to accomplish that. God, be with us today as we we fellowship, we sing, we eat, we learn and uh, let it be honoring to you. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.